Fernando, why did you pick you. the apartment for us? Well, I was having trouble fi- uh, picking a movie, and I was like, well, surely the Academy knows what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, well, I first picked the year 1989, because that's the year Taylor Swift was born. <laughs> um, and then I was like, well, maybe I should just pick 1960 instead. And yeah, that was the winner, I think, of Best Film. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. 1960. Oh, right. Or 1961. Yeah. I, I, either 1960 or 1961 for yes. films in 1960. Yes, 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 yes. Um, cool. Yes, that was the reason. And did you enjoy it? I en- Yes, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> it was in black and white, and I was like, oh, yet again. <laughs> this is fine. Uh, you were surprised it was in black and white. No, I mean, well, I mean, I was surprised. Yeah, I, I was somehow surprised that it was black and white because, yeah. uh, yes, I suppose that the Academy has been here long enough uh, for movies to be in black and white, but I, for some reason, thought that movies that won Best Picture were always in color. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm going to say that uh, for any given year, the chance of a black and white film winning is dramatically higher than uh, than you'd expect. <laughs> what? Like what in ninety four Schindler's List won? I had some red in it. That, that was black and white. <laughs> um, the, the artist, artist. won in twenty sixteen or something, or twenty eleven. Mm. Um, high density of black and white films, even in recent years. I might be wrong again, but uh, I think that. During that time, they were offering prizes for both movies, as in different c- categories. Oh. So for movies in black and white and movies in color. Wow. Yes. Now that's an odd one. Mm. Uh-huh. I mean, if not best movie, certainly other categories. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I guess this is the towards the end of like routine. Films mm. being done in black and white. Wasn't Towards it? the end of Dark Age. I guess like the whole thing. <laughs> Into the colour age. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the real dark ages in moving pictures of black and white. <laughs> did you enjoy it, Claire? I did, yeah. Good. Yeah, I thought it was a good film. Mm. What about you, Mike? Oh, I thought it was great. I loved it. Same. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's nice. Right. <laughs> Play the music. <laughs> Good film. Uh, yep. Yeah, it was excellent. I was so excited. Uh, what, what a great. Jack Lemon, so watchable. Oh, which one was Jack Lemon? The. Protagonist? Yes. Baxter. See, Baxter. Yeah. Yes. Have you seen Some Like It Hot? No. <laughs> Don't <laughs> smile like that. Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Um. Yeah, I thought he was wonderful. He was just so sweet and so sort of naive and kind of made so many bad decisions, but <laughs> just through through a good heart. It's nice. Hmm. Uh, I didn't take any notes. Claire, do you have notes? I do have notes. I was explaining to Michael just before we <coughs> began that I spent quite a long time at the start of the film working out what percentage of his salary he spends on rent and how that compares to a PhD student in St Andrews. Um, and I think at an estimate, we spend about 41% of our salary mm-hmm. or our stipend. And 
he was only spending 23% and that was in the city centre you know so that's not fair no that's not fair it's not got anything to do with the film though I wondered whether he was as in he was charging for every time that they went to his apartment oh I don't think so no it seemed that he was doing it for favours and for promotion at work which Mm -hmm. he did get and therefore got a lot of money that way Hmm. I wonder if it would have been a better idea not only to get favours and promotions but for the rent to pay its own rent yeah it becomes a bit brothily when you do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, already, it, was, it, yeah. Was, it was already like that. Mm. Seriously seedy, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, just letting people go to your house to have sex with other people, I think that is quite like that. Mm. Even if you're not paying. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> Mm. Did... poor neighbours yeah. the noise they must have to put up with <laughs> <laughs> they weren't happy with him were they no they weren't but still came to him when he was in need mm. good neighbours mm-hmm. mm. <clears throat> or as I said <laughs> when that poor girl's in need and <laughs> just berated him the whole time Mrs Dreyfus, I wonder if I could borrow some coffee and maybe an orange and a couple of eggs. Eggs, he asks me for. Oranges. What you need is a good horse whipping. Ma'am? From me, the doctor has no secrets. Poor girl. How could you do a thing Please, like that? I, I didn't do anything, honest. It's just, I mean, you take a girl out a couple of times a week just for laughs. And right away, she thinks you're getting serious, marriage-wise. <laughs> Big shot. For you, I wouldn't lift a finger. But for her, I'll fix a little something to eat. <laughs> Quite rightly, yeah. he needed to sort his life out. Yeah, <laughs> but also that wasn't his fault. <laughs> but they didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah, bless him. That was a dramatic plot turn, mm. the suicide attempt. I wasn't expecting it at all. If I had to criticise the film, it would be that I don't. I don't know whether they really presented that with the gravity it should have had. No, no, um, probably not. It was a bit sort of all over the place and kind of this I think this is still a comedy but it, they're trying to keep it quite light-hearted and yet also there's fairly serious suicide plots, mm-hmm. yeah. But maybe that made it worth watching maybe that took it from just some yeah. cute comedy to something with with some gravitas. <laughs> yeah, I found that quite tough to watch. I mm. don't particularly like storylines with that. But I don't know if that made it easier for me that they they didn't like get into it. You mm. know, at, at the time they were showing it was just a case of like getting her healthy again and back to her family. Mm. So it mm. wasn't like the big in-depth mm. recovery that she obviously had to go through afterwards. Yeah. It was very flippant, wasn't it? Yeah. Very flippant suicide. Yeah. <laughs> it was. With no underlying issues whatsoever <laughs> to be addressed at a later date. <laughs> no. uh, also, the doctor, not what you should do when someone's overdosed. Yeah, I was very wondering about there. that. <laughs> so I thought that there's one of two things that's happening here. Either... Um, 
either we've learned a lot about medicine since then <laughs> and we, we now know that the thing to do when someone's had an overdose is not to slap them, give them a load <laughs> yeah. of coffee and shout at them. <laughs> and the uh, the other possibility is just that the people writing the film didn't really look it up and just thought, <laughs> I think that's what you do, isn't it? And left, that, left it at that. Um, I, I think there's certainly huge conceptions that when someone's had an overdose, what you need to do is like keep them awake mm. and like walk them round. Because I had to go to overdose training for my PhD mm. just in case mm-hmm. something like that happened. Um, and they said that like l- so many people, especially like users themselves, think that you need to walk someone. Like it's actually like a tip that people have had. Like you need to get them up, start them walking around the living room, yeah. or slap them, put them in a bath. Yeah. When actually, like what you, if you've done is taken a load of depressants, then you're lungs are going to be like not working at capacity so the okay. worst thing you could do is force someone to like mm-hmm. exercise right um, yeah so that whole scene is is based on a common misconception very much so i think yeah. so yeah I've but I, again i don't know if medical professionals i'm not aware of how obviously not anymore but maybe yeah. in the 60s they also had that misconception yeah. so are you supposed to do that just in case anyone Put them in a recovery position yeah. and phone an ambulance, essentially. Okay. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah, sort of generally don't put the stress on their body, right? Yeah. yeah. Try not to cause them further injury. Yeah. Uh, I do feel so bad for them being slapped just like again yeah. and again. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh, and the coffee. That's the, yeah, people think that you got you can balance out taking all the depressants <laughs> with the stimulant. And actually, that's just going to put even more pressure on your heart yeah. and lungs. Yeah, okay. Because like, you're trying to, like, you can see the logic. You're trying mm. to reverse the. Yeah. But when actually you're just making things, like, contradict each other within your body, then mm. your body can't handle it even more. Come yeah, but like that's quite a common thing in medicine. Like, <coughs> it's like why they give people with hypothermia brandy because it like brings some colour to your cheeks, so you must be getting warmer. <laughs> so all that does is make you get colder faster. And <laughs> um, yeah, some really really bad ideas historically <laughs> in medicine. Right, okay, that's that's at least put that scene into some perspective because I just thought this is absurd. What, what the hell am I watching here? But yeah, that's yeah. that's at least based on something that people think. I did read in a cracked article that you should like rouse them people every so often just to make sure they are still yeah. conscious, mm-hmm. but not like keep them awake. Mm. Yeah, okay. So while we're on bad decisions that good characters made. <laughs> Um, I'll get these out of the way because I I absolutely loved Baxter. I thought he was such a wonderful guy, but certain <clears throat> there were a lot of decisions he made that were that were really dumb and really uh, yeah really sabotaged himself and people around him. So firstly, he shouldn't have gone along with the whole <laughs> with the whole hiring his uh, his apartment out to uh, what was the word womanizing executives. Mm. Um, but also, I thought he he made some bad decisions when he was looking after Miss Kublik. One of which was to stop her from contacting her family. Yeah. Um, and it, again, I think it's although this was this was an interesting part, right? Because he was he was so innocent and so so sweet throughout the whole of it. But then he did this thing where she was going to leave, 
and he said, oh, the doctor said you should stay in bed for 48 hours. Mm. And actually the doctor had said 24 hours, mm. and that 24 hours was up. He was, like, deliberately telling her a longer time. Scandal. Yeah. <clears throat> he did a few things like that mm. that were very much on the line of you're harassing this woman. Yeah. Or, <laughs> like, looking up. Yeah. All of her personal details on this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, there were a few things that were... that would be seen very differently now mm. if they were seen differently back then. Your mum would definitely say, oh, isn't that sweet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was the way he said it as well that I guess is just loaded down with so much we think about <laughs> sort of creepy harassers now, which is... Oh, I know a lot more than that about you. I know your social security number. <laughs> There's a great little band at El Chico, the village. Try to fit around a quarter for where you live. Sounds good. How do you know where I live? Oh, why, well, you know who you live with. Sister, brother-in-law. And I know when you were born and where. I know all sorts of things about you. How come? Oh, a couple of months ago, I looked up your card in the <laughs> group insurance file. I know your height, said your weight, and your social security number. You had bumps, had measles, and you had your appendix out. Don't mention the appendix to the fellas in the office, okay? I wouldn't want them to get the wrong idea about how you found out. Bye. <laughs> I've been to your house several times. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, your cat died last year. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, if somebody definitely likes you and they're definitely happy for you to do that, that's okay, but he didn't really know that. <laughs> no. Uh, no, he didn't. Yeah, funny. Mm. Also, like, bringing your drinks, dragging her out to the party. Uh, just give it a rest. Oh, yeah. She's not into you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she was... Yeah, so we knew that she was into him, but she was going through some real stuff, wasn't she? I don't think we did know that she was... I don't think she liked him until he looked after her. Really? Yeah, I thought... Well, I thought she, like, was a bit fond of him. She thought he was a nice yeah. guy, but I don't think she had any romantic interest in him. Oh, yeah, I think there's something that she mm. even says herself, doesn't she? Why Why couldn't I fall in yeah. love with someone nice like mm. you? Oh, what Must have been a punch in the gut to him. <laughs> Women! <laughs> What are they like? I would actually like to believe that she actually never changed her mind. That she was just grateful for him having behaved nicely at least once or at the, in the end. But the fact that she did not say, I love you back when he said it in the last scene. Uh, well, the, the, the way that I, that I prefer mm -hmm. to interpret it is that she's actually still not in love with him. But she just is enjoying a nice evening with him. She really sprinted for that game of gin, Romy. She's like, oh my god, we've still got to finish that game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got to go. I've got to go right now. Don't you don't start a game and not finish it. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, it was such a. I absolutely loved that for a final line. Mm. What was it he said? Did you hear what I said, Miss Kubelik? I absolutely adore you. Shut up and deal. <laughs> with a great big grin on her face it was the happiest ending and such a weird line to end on but I I couldn't work out exactly what she meant by that what did you take from that um I, I chose to interpret it 
in a different way. In a ah, okay, uh, now they're together. <clears throat> but yeah, I can very okay. much see your interpretation of maybe they will just be very good friends. No, I mean, I think I, I believe that it is intended for uh, you to believe that they are now together. But hmm. given that I dislike that idea so much, uh, that I prefer to believe that she doesn't like him. I really think that there is something in that, though. Yeah. Hmm. Why do you prefer to believe that? Uh, it just seemed that throughout the whole movie, uh, she was not interested in him, and he was interested in someone that was not really interested in him so mm. why shouldn't he continue being in love with someone if she hasn't put in any effort at all mm. okay I also feel like he didn't really know her that well uh-huh <laughs> he'd read her file <laughs> he, he knew everything <laughs> he was a borderline stalker uh-huh. um no he didn't know her that well did he no oh. I feel like he still even didn't get to know her that well mm. after spending 48 hours with her I don't know, spending 48 hours with her and having gone through all of that with her, that, that yeah. is bound to elicit some kind of attachment, right? Oh, attachment, sure. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't like he'd known her for years or anything. Mm. Uh, can you love someone you've just recently met? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straightforward answer. <laughs> Let's talk about that later. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk about that off podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like there were hidden depths to her that he probably never got to see. Hmm. Oh, for sure. Hmm. I think he will, though. I reckon they're together at the end of the film mm. and she has maybe realised the importance of being with someone who loves you rather than just finding someone you like adore yeah because also why did she adore him this horrible sleazy Mm. (laughs) asshole now I've spoken on a couple of occasions before about my problem with (laughs) how can the woman possibly be into him and this was one where I didn't feel that I thought they did a really good job of making um the villain, mm. the the boss. Do we remember his Mr. name? Sheldrick or something. Sheldrick. Um, they made. I think they did a really good job of making him superficially charming. Whenever he spoke to her, he spoke to her with. He was he was a little cruel and a little dismissive, but he was warm, and he spoke to her in such a way that he was like really leading her on oh. that he was really giving the impression that he had genuine affection for her yeah. and when I was look, watching those scenes I was thinking oh, I can see why she likes him I really hope she will realise what he's doing and realise that this is that he's never actually going to come through for her and look after her if it comes to it but he wasn't just like one of these <laughs> like the guy in Song to Song or the guy in Interview with the Vampire where they're just utterly repulsive all the way through and never do anything good. Um, but maybe you didn't feel that. No, not at all. Just utterly put off by him all the way through. Pretty much. Okay. But he just seemed very cold. So it's interesting that you said that he was warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even to start with, I thought yeah. maybe he was a, a good guy. 
No, I always thought he seems like a snake. He's a snaky man. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, and they they did the scenes well as well, which were. And again, this is quite a quite a striking thing that they were making light of how he would talk to her and everything she said that was sort of objecting to his behaviour he would turn round and and present it as being her fault she he'd tell her off for being petulant and if she she would have some objection she had quite a, a poetic way of uh, of describing things she wasn't happy with and he'd say, oh, no, you're just being ridiculous, go and calm down. And calm down, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just this this way that he was constantly sort of putting her down whenever she was raising issues with him. You remember what we talked about? We talked about a lot of things. I mean about my getting a divorce. We didn't talk about it, Jeff, you did. You didn't really believe me, did you? They got it on a long playing record now. Music to string her along by. My wife doesn't understand me. We haven't gotten along for years. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. That's a dumb friend. Just trust me, baby. We'll work it out somehow. You're not being funny. I wasn't trying. Brian, if you'll just listen to me for a minute. All right, I'm sorry. I saw my lawyer this morning. I wanted his advice about the best way to handle it. Handle what? What do you think? Let's get something straight, Jeff. I never asked you to leave your wife. Of course not. You had nothing to do with it. Are you sure that's what you want? I'm sure. If you'll just tell me that you still love me. You know I do. I could see how somebody could fall for that, and I could see how he managed to string her along. I thought they, they wrote that so well in quite a chilling way to watch it from outside. Mm. Classic. But again, maybe you didn't think that, maybe you didn't find it believable that she was. I, I did I, I I would say I did find it reasonably believable, but from a personal point of view, I was so angry that mm. he was this way and we could all see it so clearly. Yeah. But I can say again, I can see why she saw it. I just found him personally repulsive. Sure. Which normally, you know, <laughs> Nobody doesn't bother you. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was proper outraged when he gave her the money, though. I was like just so angry with him. Oh yeah, didn't even get her a present. <laughs> <laughs> no, if he hadn't given her a present, wouldn't have cared. Yeah. Given someone. It's just so sleazy. Yeah, here's a hundred dollars, and that's that's a lot of money, especially yeah. back then. Well, um, rent was ninety four dollars a week. Yeah, so that's a, a, a week's. Oh rent. no, that was wages. It was eighty five dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah, it showed just this such a disregard of just I'll pay her off, keep her on, mm-hmm. hanging mm-hmm. on. Yeah, nasty. What a bastard. Yeah, oh, I'm glad she left him. But yeah, she she hadn't completely sorted everything out, had she? She had a a lot of demons. Mm. Oh guess... yeah, she clearly had underlying mental health issues. Yeah. That, <laughs> you, you don't react that badly without other problems going on. Mm. 
I wonder. But I, I took that as simply she just she'd been through some awful stuff and be enough to push anyone. But, no, maybe that's not right. We, yeah, we certainly saw her as someone who had a, a an unusual disposition, right? Mm-hmm. The way she would talk about things, as I say, was quite poetic, and she would say things that would be quite surprising. She was like Ophelia or something, just sort of obviously not well, and saying things that half made sense. It was great. Mm-hmm. Oh, and what a well-cast role as well. Mm-hmm. She had just these these piercing eyes that seemed so sort of... They had so much expression behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the short hair. Like the woman in uh, The Haunting. Did she have short hair? Oh, um... Not the main character. Theo? Theo. Yeah, did she? I'm trying to remember now. Maybe not that short. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought they cast her really well. Yeah. It was all, it was a very well cast film, actually. Mm-hmm. All the actors did there. Even the other sleazy executives, I quite enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah, they like were the comedy sleazy, the weren't they? Yeah. Did they get their revenge? Well, they sent that very angry man, her sister, her brother. Oh, yeah. Brother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but he really should have just... <laughs> yeah, again, with it, his heart was in the right place, but, like, she's trying to call her family, <laughs> and she's not quite planned out what she was going to say, and he, well, he interrupts her, doesn't he, and says, right, what, what are you actually going to tell them? Oh, I don't know. Well, have you thought this through? No, I haven't. So do you want to go and lie down? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... That's all true, and she didn't know what she was going to say, but what she needed to do right then that was better for everyone was her to say, I'm so sorry, I had an overdose, come and pick me up, and for her to be actually taken care of by someone who's not just some guy at work, (laughs) whose apartment she woke up in, yeah. Bless him. Mm. Yeah, I I guess that was a weakness on his part, wasn't it? Mm. Well... Yeah, already established he was creepy and in love with her, so yeah. <laughs> once he's got her in the apartment, what else is he going to do? <laughs> oh, but he was sweet, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think I think he was a nice guy. Not like TN. Nice guy, TN. Mm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. It was the 60s, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know, I think that is the right attitude for this film. It would be easy to, to analyse it with the today's modern lens and not get what they were getting at. That poor man who was just his hat rack in the end. His hat rack? The only black guy in the film. Just trying to mop the floor by the elevator. But when he, as, as soon as he quits his job, he marches out, takes off his brand new hat, just pops it on the guy, and goes into the lift. The guy's just standing there, confused. <laughs> Why Not have the I worst got that? Thing that's going to happen to him today. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the sixties. Sixties, um, where on Christmas Eve you can take home a married woman from a bar. 
to the, yeah. the tune of Oh come all you faithful yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of the music? Because I felt like they just played the same Short clip of music Just over and over and I over didn't and over notice the music Oh I did They, just, they literally just placed the same okay. Theme from the beginning At every single moment Oh the sort of Vaguely jazzy dance tune no. that they were all dancing to. No. no I don't remember now. Um, it's a really famous bit of music. I wonder if it came from this, but now I can't remember what it is. Maybe I'll look it up. Okay. Is this the incidental music or the music they were playing on records? The incidental stuff? music. Okay, now I don't remember now. You'll recognise it. Not this. It's not this. Well, it might come to this. But yeah, it was an orchestra, wasn't it? Oh, here we go. Oh, that was a nice tune. It's lovely. But again, they just played it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> every five minutes. <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't recognise it. No. No, I think I've forgotten it. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I did watch it a week ago because we were going to meet last week and then mm. we couldn't. Yeah. Oh, oh. I thought that was the same tune for a second. That would have been weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the main thing that stood out in the category of it's the 60s was okay. um, the guy in the lift slapping her ass. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which was, and this was very made, was made clear as something that you shouldn't do. And he was a bad character, and she told him off for it. But it was something. She, it was something on the level of not taking your hat off when you get into the lift. It's like a a rather ungentlemanly thing to do. And he should be ashamed of it's himself not rather wrong, than like we just don't do it. Yeah, rather than like his whole career should end. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was amazing just that h- how has this interaction changed so much uh, yeah, that, that struck me but again her reaction told us so much about her character there was this sort of yeah really odd reaction to it where she made some almost flirty threat about chopping his hand off if he got in the lift again and... watch your step and watch your hands, Mr. Kirkby. I beg your pardon. One of these days, I'm going to shut these doors on you and. 20 next. You've not flirted much, have you? It's <laughs> <laughs> like almost flirty. It, like she was. He does that and then she makes a, a sort of joke about it, which yeah. I guess, what else can you do in the 60s? Um, it seemed like we were one step away from, like. Watching a carry-on <laughs> film or something. <laughs> she was pretty much the only character with like a good sense of humour. I, I think she might be the only one who told jokes. Mm. Did did um did Baxter tell many jokes? No, I don't think he, he so. He sort of had a bit of a Jim Carrey vibe, the actor. I mean, oh. and he just had these weird tics, but they weren't really jokes that he, the character was making. Mm. He would just like like when he was serving the spaghetti and <laughs> with the yeah. tennis racket. I like yeah. that. It's a very physical kind of Tim comedy. Curry type. Mm. I could have seen Tim Curry playing that character. Really? Yeah, I don't. 
That's just the vibe I got watching it. Yeah. I don't see Tim Curry as uh, having that innocence. Mm. That's why he's an actor, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you could say that about anyone. You say, oh, yep. Emma Watson could play it. Because <laughs> she's an actor and she can do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it might just be the physicality of it or something. Go. I was just going to say, related to the spaghetti, when he like months later finds a bit of spaghetti on the tennis racket, and somehow hasn't dried up. <laughs> it's like still this soft bit of spaghetti that's been kept moist by really damp apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, that seems like a wildly inefficient way to drain spaghetti. He lost, like, half of that spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that's why most people don't know <laughs> tennis <right. laughs> I thought that was a good way of showing his, like, bachelor lifestyle. Mm. There's just kind of stuff everywhere. Mm. Just about keeping his life together, but also... <laughs> yeah, it's good. How did you cope with how old it was? <laughs> yeah. I liked it, as in, I don't feel like it was that old, mainly because I like, <laughs> oh my god, if I like it, it can't be that old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yes, um, even though it was black and white, it was drastically more dynamic than, mm. say, Nosferatu. Sure. Uh-huh. Mm. I a very sharp, clear picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Mm. Yes. Good. Mm. What I wanted to ask is, what do you think the secretary told the wife? As in, clearly, she told her that mm. her husband was having an affair, but do you think she also admitted that... He- Ooh. Then she was one of the mistresses, mm-hmm. or did she keep that information a secret? Because, I mean, fair enough, I think she did not actually tell the wife because she thought it was the right thing to do. She just told the wife because she wanted to have revenge. Mm. Uh, and once you're saying, once you're telling some things, if, if you know that you've been complicit in the past, then maybe yeah. you tend to keep some information secret. Now, this yeah. information is, we never know what exactly mm. uh, she told the wife, but do you think she also admitted, oh, by the way, I'm also part of the problem? Mm. Maybe she would see that as like intensifying the revenge. Mm. It was like, it was with me. Like, <laughs> Whoa. Cold. Yeah, just mm. really like vicious. Like. Uh-oh. Depends how angry she is. Yeah, I have a feeling that character would protect herself a bit more. Okay. Yes, I have the same mm. feeling, yes. She's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> she had a bit of... She had, I thought she was alright. I mean, obviously a huge gossip. Um, yeah. I took it that she had confessed all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I took it as that because it was it seemed clear that this was a a sort of reckless act of revenge that she didn't care anymore and therefore she was doing that Um, but you're right she was she was 
I guess a sort of selfish character who probably wouldn't want to hurt herself like that. Mm. But uh, yeah, she was gone anyway because she had nothing else to lose. Might as well burn your mm. bridges. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I ring the bell? Yeah. <gasps> Have you got anything? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> symbolism. <laughs> Claire, go on, you, you're not really good at this. Give us, give us something about the apartment. <laughs> um, none of this could fall under symbolism. Um, yeah, I've got a nodded in time to the calculator. Like I felt yeah. was highlighting the, the routine of his job and his life. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And how this giving up of his apartment was also part of that routine. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I guess his character arc was very much intricately tied to how he negotiated people coming in and out of his apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just yeah what he did. His main arc was going from being a doormat to being someone who occasionally stood, took a stand about something. Right? Yeah. Also, he grew up a little, as yeah. his neighbour said. Yeah. Exposition neighbour. It's like, you need to get your life in order. You need to grow up and act like an adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he Even did. though she didn't understand what was going on, you know. <laughs> he was like, you're right, an adult would not behave this way. Yeah. I've got to get my shit together. <laughs> And he did, and he was rewarded with a possible (laughs) sort of girlfriend. I'm going for the happily ever after outcome with the two of them. I think they at least started some kind of relationship. I think her fondness would grow to love. Like, in arranged marriages and stuff, Mm. where quite often, well, Mm. often, if you like each other, you as you grow to depend on each other, you Got to love each other. Like a fiddler on the roof. Indeed. Ah, after 25 <laughs> years, it's good to know. <laughs> yeah, is it good at least that she was... She was choosing to be with somebody that was... That was actually good to her, mm. and not maybe someone that she had some kind of magnetic attraction to who was all... Also, a complete bastard. Mm-hmm. Was that the the moral of the film? Bit of a bit of a grown up moral, isn't it? We should all just uh, stop following our hearts and do something that's sensible, for God's sake. Grow up. <laughs> if you're a woman. If you're a woman. If you're a man, just pester a woman until she eventually falls in love with you. Pester a woman until she went. <laughs> Again, no. There were so many. He was given a lot of opportunities where he could have been like, look, I've done all these things for you. And actually, he just like tried to get her back with the awful scheming bots. That's true. He even did. when yeah. he'd like fallen out and it had all gone wrong for him, he never never spoke up against the boss until that very final moment. Yeah. Um, he was trying to make her happy and not hurt her feelings. Yeah. Not totally selfishly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it was only when she found out from someone else what he had done for her that she decided to 
to go back to him and finish the game of Rami. <laughs> Yeah. I might have some potential symbolism Ooh. here, right? So one of my notes is it's irresponsible to be at work when he's that sick. Yeah. Right? He's, he's spreading those germs already. Yeah, he was so spreading those germs, right? So his act of, like, uh, dedication to the work not only made him suffer, but mm. put the people around him at risk. Mm. Just like his weird responsibility to these executives was not only ruining his life, it was l- allowing this immoral mm. behaviour to happen around him. It was putting was their... Letting it spread. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's excellent. putting like, their, their mortal souls at risk. Well done. Allowing that to happen. Yes, this is excellent. Yeah. How's that? that yeah, that's good. That's better than what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it must have been bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad. So I was going to recycle one from last time and say, is he like yeah. Jesus? <laughs> it was all set at Christmas time. Not and everyone's like Jesus. <laughs> and they're singing hymns and stuff, and that puts us in this symbolic mind of Christianity. And he was... He, <laughs> he was sacrificing himself for everyone else, wasn't he? And ultimately <laughs> losing his job, defending, mm. defending Miss Kublik. Yeah. What he wasn't do was doing was atoning for her sins, in my opinion. He was atoning for, like, the sins of all the other people who'd put upon her. But as I say, it wasn't as good as yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's or the best I could do. She's Moby Dick. <gasps> oh. <laughs> These are all men trying to fucking harpoon her. Yeah. <laughs> In the end, she flips the boat over. And kills them all. I don't think that's what Moby Dick did. <laughs> Does Moby Dick get killed by one of them in the end? No. Moby Dick smashes their ship and swims away. What's the the man's name in Moby Dick? Ishmael. Ishmael. I guess Mr. Sheldrake He's the Ishmael. only one that survives, right? And we have to just assume that Baxter is some kind of partner whale. <laughs> well, we did we'd presumably find. Oh no! So right, Ishmael yeah. is Baxter. Okay, right, uh-huh. and Captain Captain a- Ahab. Ahab. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Sheldrake. Is, is Sheldrake. Ah, so she like <laughs> ruins him. Maybe the secretary actually is <laughs> Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> The it brother-in-law is, is Moby Dick, <laughs> <laughs> and the guy in the bar is is, is Ishmael. And the final credits are <laughs> Captain Ahab. In a sense, and the C is the medium of film. <laughs> We're all Moby Dick. <laughs> you guys are really screwed. My Moby Dick analogy with Jaws was watertight. It was excellent. Not like the boat. Not like the boat. Uh, yeah, the, the comparison between Jaws and Moby Dick was great. I think you're all belittling it by <laughs> trying to bring it into the graduates. <laughs> Any other similar? <laughs> Uh, what about the overuse of uh, whys at the end of nouns to make them into adjectives? I didn't notice that. Language wise. Oh, yeah. 
Manpower-wise, promotion-wise, premium-wise, and billing-wise, October-wise. I mean, manpower-wise, percentage-wise, percentage-wise, gratitude-wise, decency-wise, and otherwise-wise, <laughs> preliminary-wise, police-wise, or newspaper-wise, marriage-wise. <laughs> I mean, cubic-wise, cookie-wise, gracious living-wise, solution-wise, divorce-wise. It's very wise. I guess that's the way it crumbles, cookie-wise. There was a lot. Like, ah, there was a lot of cookie-wise. Yeah. Yes, I guess that's how it crumbles, cookie-wise. It was that <laughs> was, was his tick, wasn't it? That was yeah. Baxter's thing. Maybe it was just. And then eventually that. she did it at the end. So there's symbolism oh. right there and then. Yeah. She's embracing him and his mannerisms. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's taken mm-hmm. something from him, hasn't she? Yeah. yeah. Gained something. Yeah, I thought that was really sweet. Mm-hmm. The elevator mm-hmm. is the prison mm-hmm. of her own mind. <gasps> Shit. Everyone going in there, but no one staying. And the only it's man that takes life. his hat off <laughs> is the one she needs to yeah. be with. The only one that treats her mind with any respect. <gasps> wow. Jesus. This is deep. Mm. So many layers to this film. Yeah. I think that might be all the layers. I think we've, we might have invented layers. I thought this was a good film. I yeah. thought it was really sweet. It made me smile a lot. It made me laugh a lot. Yeah. It shocked me as well. <laughs> and I think with all of that, yeah. Oh, I couldn't believe it. The the moment near the end where you hear the, the bang oh. where he's popping the cork oh, and you think yeah. it's a gun. Remember, she's running to yeah. his apartment and I thought, is this going to be... I thought for a second it was actually happening mm. and that this was going to be a, a tragic end to the film. They did heavily foreshadow that. Like, I mean, that was definitely what you were supposed to be worried mm. about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they made sure to show us the gun mm. and everything and, oh, but it wasn't that. I was happy. But yeah, I thought that was just going to be a... A mind-bending ending to the film, which would have been horrible, and I'm really glad it was positive in the end. With the one criticism in that final scene that I love so much, and it ends with her delivering the final line, and then he deals the cards, mm-hmm. and they both have great big grins on their face, and it says the end, and shows like some information about the film. And I'm sure he deals way too many cards. <laughs> I think they were dealing like seven for Gin Rummy, weren't oh. they? And just because that scene goes on for a second for the final like crescendo, oh. and he's dealing really fast and like grinning while he deals out the cards, and they get like half the pack each. <laughs> and I found that distracting, and that's a shame. <laughs> that was just—he was distracted because he's so in love with her, he'd, <laughs> and he—he he was drunk on that sip of champagne that he'd had. Yes, I expect that's it. And they were not playing normal Ronnie, they were playing love Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Is that what we're ending on? Yeah. Love, love Ronnie. Ronnie. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's a wrap! <laughs> no, we're not saying that every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap.
I think I've got a point of order here, oh, though, yeah. uh-huh. on Michael's. Stephen Mulhern says she's true as a <laughs> yes. made-up catchphrase. Michael showed me clips of this. He's saying she's through because oh. they're getting through to the next round. Ah. It's such a hard tea, though. It's like someone who's Irish saying she's through. Is he Irish? No. no. Well, like, his well, name's Mulhern, but... Probably Irish. He's so obviously, like, from London. She's true. <laughs> Maybe it's an homage to Roy Walker. Maybe. <laughs> he could have done a lot better. If he, if he had any respect for Roy Walker at all, he'd have resigned. <laughs> Roy Walker's not even dead. He should be presenting it. Oh. Yes, people just a should minute work until the day they die. <laughs> doing the things that I want. I just, to. I can't imagine that he doesn't love presenting catchphrases because <laughs> <laughs> of the way he does it. He's obvious. That was why he was so good on catchphrase. So many of these like cheesy presenters, you can kind of tell they're hamming it up a bit, and they secretly feel like they're above it, and they want to be doing Shakespeare or something. But he so obviously was so into it. He had such a genuine smile. And that's why people loved him. And he'd tell these appalling jokes and the whole crowd would roar with laughter just because he had this absence of cynicism that was so good. Oh, this is getting good. The imperfection almost (laughs) makes it better. I won't tell them that. We can tell this real... Yeah, yeah. This is the the piano practice of someone who's been wronged. Back in the hat. Should, do it should we just open the door a bit and have that be our music? <laughs> Arriba! <laughs> Who is it? C. That is me! That's yes. you, Claire. I'm always first. I'm the best at getting my name picked out. <laughs> yeah. That's good, because I didn't know what film I was going to pick. I just looked up the film I'm going to pick, um, and it's called Songcatcher, or The Songcatcher, from 2000. Okay. You had the sequel to Song to Song. <laughs> Songcatcher.